How you doing, buddy? Really good. Looking forward to talking some horror. Me too. There's been a, a few things that have come down the pipeline this week. One sad development. Yeah. If you want to address that right off the top. Just oh, to... man. John Saxon. I, uh, he's one of those actors where I think the vast majority of people have seen a film with him in, even if they don't know his name. For someone who's you know really known for kind of B-movie films and, and horror films in the 80s and 90s, what I actually know him for is Enter the Dragon. That's that's him to me. Interesting. Okay. Okay. More but, you than know, Nightmare on Elm Street? More than, more than Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. Interesting. More than Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I can picture him when I think of Nightmare on Elm Street, and I can picture him there. Of course. But, but for me, it's... Uh, yeah. Enter the Dragon was such a massive film for me when I was growing that's up. What, yeah, that's what jumps out of you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one that jumps out. But you know, pick your genre because he he covered it westerns and oh, all. He done everything. Yeah, he done everything, man. He had a, he had such a great career, and he was he's one of them actors that as you dive kind of further back into cinema, he's just popping yeah. up everywhere. Like you said, Enter the Dragon. He done a film with Clint Eastwood. Like you said, he done a few westerns. Oh, mate, you went look right back to the fifties. I mean, obviously, yeah. when we was looking into it for this. You know, we all know our films. That's that's the thing. Everyone knows a film that he's been in, and everyone will say a, a different film is what they think of, probably depending on your age as well. And he's, oh, he's been making films all the way up as well. But do you know who he reminds me of in that regard? Go on. Christopher Lee. Yes. Just someone who has yes. crossed genres, just film after film after film. Definitely, I, I can see that comparison. Okay, I think, um, you know, I can say, I think probably he's, he's massive Hollywood film first film was probably enter the dragon but i think oh definitely you know most people our age around that are gonna know from nightmare on elm street i think and three yeah, films Night he did there as well didn't he yeah nightmare on elm street you know he, he was in and out of that franchise but also black christmas if yep. i'm not mistaken yeah, that's right yeah considering this is a horror podcast if you've just into your horror you've definitely seen him oh in, uh, yeah in, in quite a few films he was in a was he in a Dario Argento film as well, I believe, back in the early 80s? The guy was just, yeah, everywhere, and obviously returned for Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, and I believe made his final out in, in Wes Craven's A New Night. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just popping up everywhere. And I completely forgot about that he was in this, but for his, his very short role in uh, From Dust Till Dawn. Yes, yes, and... he does. Does pop up in from if, you're, if you're looking at Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino as two directors who really know who they want to be in a film, and it doesn't matter whether they're current or not, they pick decent actors. He, actors who have a yeah. So you know, he, from just him being in that film, you know there's something about him. He's he's the real deal. Well, from what I understand, that's why Craven put him in the original. Nightmare on Elm Street film because he needed an actor with some serious acting chops that would really yeah. ground that story in in reality. You know, you've obviously got great performance of Robert England, but you know, you need that weight on the other side to really pin it down in reality and really bring the fear home. And I think having him, you know, in that film and play the role he plays really brings that home. Really. You know, he's a really underappreciated actor, a really, mm. really great, solid actor that I don't think got the credit he deserves. So it's, it's, you know, it's very sad he's passed away. But, you know, the silver lining to it is, from what I saw, is a lot of people are really appreciating his work. A lot of people have gone back and visited 
some of the films maybe you're not aware he was in. Mm. And, you know, really appreciating the guy for the talent he had, and rightfully so. Yeah, he'll be sorely missed, won't he? Oh, definitely, definitely. And it, like I said, it's nice people are going back and rediscovering the work he, you know, he put in before Nightmare. And, you know, rightfully so. I think that's why, from the top of this podcast, we, we had to bring him up and uh, may rest in peace. Yeah, definitely. So let's um, jump into some news. We've had some pretty cool trailers make the uh, waves around there. You sent me yeah. the link to Terrifier 2. Oh, man. So, on. thoughts? Well, firstly, what, what did you think of Terrifier as the, the film? Okay. Okay, I I didn't mind it, but I didn't love it either. It didn't connect with me on a level yeah, it connected to yeah. some people where it become this huge cult film. However, with that said, I fully understand why it did become that. Yeah. That's purely a personal take on the film. It's not a slight on the film whatsoever. Do, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to echo that because okay. I remember when I, saw, I started seeing pictures of Art the Clown and I thought, man... Who, who, what, what film is this from? I've got to see it. He looks so right, creepy, yeah. and you know, you start to see clips of him and that kind of thing. I think this is this is great. I'm so excited to see it. And when I finally saw Terrifier, it didn't really cut it for me. I can't really. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was. I kind of feel like you know, and and God knows this is no criticism of the, of the director, but it felt like to me, in the absence of a decent special effects budget, they were just throwing as much gore as possible at it. Right. Yeah, and that for me, like, there's the, the scene that sticks out for that is, if I recall rightly, there's like the diner, where the two guys kind yeah. of confront Art and he attacks them. Yeah. It just the, the the effects there just totally weren't believable to me. The the funny thing for me though is, although I it's not like I didn't like the film, you know, I didn't same as you, I didn't mind the film, and I'd probably watch it again, but I loved Art the Clown. Oh hell yes! Didn't hell mind yes. the film, but I loved Art the Clown. Oh yeah, and I want more of him. Oh yeah, like I'm gonna jump straight on the back of that. I think the this is why I was interested in this trailer. This is why I thought, yeah, definitely we're talking about this trailer because if you get anything from that film, or let's say let's turn it around, right? Let's say if you don't get anything from that film, I think mm. you'll be very very hard pressed yeah. to find someone that doesn't appreciate the work that was put into art. I mean, the makeup is incredible, the overall look is incredible, the actor playing art and, and bringing that character to life and the mannerisms yeah. and kind of the little world building you know they've done around him and stuff i that really works that really resonates and we get into it in a bit more depth in a minute but in terms of the trailer i thought that that was really interesting again the thing that really yep. stood out to me was art and i feel like totally they really like i feel like they understood that too and they knew where their selling point was and i think that's an incredible achievement as well the fact that art has become a real cult icon now mm. and that's incredible for an independent film but what were your thoughts on the uh terrifier 2 trailer mate the, the first thing that struck me was that the very first thing i mean it's barely a second into it and you've got that really deep 70s style sound right. effect introduced yeah. you know that kind of bow yeah. that yeah. loved it straight away it gave me chills yeah, yeah. um there's a there's a scene in there where art is leaning against the wall and he gives a little eyebrow rise which which i really thought was pretty cool but overall i kind of felt like i could already see that the production values are up so it gives me hope that it's going to be a, a better overall film than the first one i mean even if it's not even if it's the same 
I'll still enjoy it because I want to see Art the Clown. Like, without a doubt, like you said, if I get out of it what I get out of the first one, that, did you, uh, all um, that means I get art out of it, you know? And did you know it was, a, uh, it was crowdfunded? Yeah, I was it an Indiegogo camp? But wasn't that just for half of the budget or something? Didn't they? Well, they kind I'm of not, had money there, I think, but I then they went to top I mean, it up. I would have thought they would have they would have done, but apparently their budget on whatever it was the platform whatever it was they yeah. wanted to raise fifty grand, right. and they rose over two hundred thousand pounds. Wow! Well, from, just, from their campaign. Doesn't that just speak to what they done with that first film? Like that is yeah. As an independent think, filmmaker myself, that is the dream. So the you dream know how that. how um, difficult it is to keep that. Um, I mean, I've, I know several people who have run crowdfunding campaigns, and they've they've told me, and I'm sure you'll agree, that it's almost like a job in itself. Just, oh, it is a job in itself. The, it's a 24-hour. You know, the, the rewards and giving yeah. people updates and promoting yeah. it, but not over-promoting it to piss people well, yeah, off. It's a, it's a, a, it's a full-time line. job while you're running it, but also you never, you never fully quit on it. I mean, we, for the development, you know, to, to kind of take it out to investors and to get mm-hmm. the... Uh, backing for walking against the rain that we needed we ran a kickstart campaign that was a development campaign basically so we could put together the materials and a trailer and all that kind of stuff that then we could take out to invest and get the money and, and that worked and thank you very much to everyone that backed that but i'm still now you know sending out updates on that campaign yeah, sure and you know it doesn't stop and the, you know the thing is you've got to it takes a long time for them things to come full circle like the you know my last short film black mass we still haven't fully completed all the perks on that because the last thing we've got we've sent out all the posters we've sent out the concept art we've sent out uh, all the signed merch and stuff but we still haven't sent out the dvds and blu-rays because you can't really send that stuff out until your festival run is over um you know because unfortunately we've had some dodgy experience in the past where we've sent some stuff out early and you know it it gets leaked and stuff and yeah we know a few other filmmakers that have so you just kind of have to protect yourself there a little bit but you know the the thing is if you it's weird right because it's a double-edged sword if you end up having a very successful festival run and you go for a year or two on the festival circuit it means that then final perks are not getting sent out for a year or two yeah yeah the people that back your campaign are amazing they know this and they understand this and they um they fully support that but yeah it's a, it's a full job in itself so then to bring it back around to terrifier 2 to be or, or touch on terrifier 1 to do what they done with terrifier 1 to get some money but you know feel like right we're gonna go bigger we're, we're gonna run a, a kickstarter indiegogo campaign to to do you know 50 grand was it 50 grand you said yeah 50 um, grand yeah right and then to do like 200 that speaks volumes to their ability to run a crowdfunding campaign it also yeah. just speaks to the ability of what they achieved with that first film yeah and the fact that they were able to go out there and create this cult figure that really resonated with people and this indie film that people feel like they're a part of and they can buy into as much as i you know you've got to credit the director's vision i think it's david howard thornton as art the clown i mean that the link i, I don't know if you watched it but i, I sent you a, a short link yes, where I it did, says yeah. Yeah. Where it says he was interviewed. I mean, obviously, he's not interviewed. He's in character. Yeah. But a little while ago, I actually I heard an interview with him, and it was talking about how he got the part. And basically, he had to go into a room and just improvise. And I oh, think, uh, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe this guy was a full-time school teacher um, before this part. And he was like, a struggling actor, jobbing about. Yeah, I, be- I believe most of them were struggling artists yeah. before and, the first one. So he's he's gone to this interview, and... Um, 
Damien Leone has just said to him, you know, just improvise, just be a scary clown. You know, what, what an intimidating thing. And you can't really visualize it when he said, so I did this and I did that. But mm-hmm. in the in the clip that I showed you, you can see he's improvising and it's magic. And you oh, can, it's great. It's you great. can imagine all the little bits and bobs he actually put into the film that were, were his own making. And he wasn't oh, necessarily directed you, to do that. You know, I, I say this as a director. You can create the most memorable characters in the world. But if you don't have an actor that's willing to bring them to life, it, it doesn't work. It all falls down, you know. And in terms of creatures and monsters and, and icons, the guy that I worked with, an a incredible actor called James Swanton, who... Uh, he's done a lot of films under heavy makeup. He was the guy that we put under makeup for darkness. And all of the credit we have got for darkness, you know, 50% of that should go to KMFX, who, you know, built that suit in a prosthetic he wears. And the other 50% is fully on James because it doesn't matter what the director or that critic, yeah, okay, you know, we have to put it down on page and, and we have to get you there. If that actor doesn't deliver, and, and it can be in terms of fully ham and going overboard, if you know that's going to work or Mm -hmm. it's about really really restraining that performance when you need to restrain the performance and sometimes you know character actors they don't get the credit they deserve man so yeah i'm glad you gave a shout out because he fully deserves it i I don't know if you know any more on this but apparently it's still slated for an october release now i know we spoke about um candy man being still slated as october but it's probably quite unlikely do you feel this is maybe a bit more likely given it's yeah, not likely to get a massive opening in cinemas yeah i think it is i think the cinemas that are going to be open come october the amount of screens that they can play in october it's fine it's kind of going to be round about where they would have been anyway the, yeah. you know you're not going to get the reality is with independent films like this you don't get you know eight weeks of straight sellout screening you know 10 screenings mm. a day it, it, mm. it's just a reality it doesn't work so you know i can imagine it's going to have a few decent festival screenings hopefully you know if, if some of the bigger festivals are still happening later this year and you know i i would love to see it at, i know fright fest in uh, the uk has moved their physical they're doing a digital event uh, next month to cover their normal August event, but obviously yeah physical event is now moved to their October Halloween slot being rather rather than being an all day, you know, they're opening it up for like a week long event again. I'd love to yeah, see that. I think that'd be really good seeing it on the big screen in Leicester Square. That would be amazing. But I think a few, hopefully, there's going to be a few American festivals that take it come the end of the year as well, you know, and it all kind of leads into that October time frame. And yeah, I, I can see it going out, and I can imagine shortly after you'll be able to pick it up on VOD. Yes. Yeah. Do you know, I think that's how I watched Terrifier. Yeah, same. Yeah, same. I watched it on Sky when it came on Sky. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. I think I'm gonna give it another whirl. Give it another whirl just to just familiarise myself. Yeah. Before before uh, number two comes out. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna dive uh, down that rabbit hole. Just before we close on Terrify too, I just want to touch on that um, interview you did send me with the director and mm. uh, yeah, kind of art because you know, like you said, it's it's full uh, of art in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with the director, I didn't know that he was fully responsible for the makeup as well yeah no i thought that was wow right three hours as well yeah incredible like he's a professional makeup uh you know prosthetics designer and and to create that makeup on art is amazing come up with the character write the story direct it and by the way while you're doing those two other jobs i'm going to sit in makeup for three hours and do the makeup and do the makeup unbelievable 
because even like the, the minimal things you could argue okay well someone else can fill in the black and draw the eyebrows but no he wants to make sure it's oh, absolutely he's, yeah. correct he's, there, he's making sure it's all coming together the way that's fantastic it's incredible yeah so i just wanted to uh touch on that before we move on because i thought that was absolutely incredible and he, yeah. he did hint at a possible part three as well i could see it I could say, I think that's already it's happened. Gotta be, hasn't it? Yeah, I think that's already happened. I think once they smash that Kickstarter campaign, they uh they were doing number three straight away. Yeah. Definitely. I can see that happening now. So let's touch on uh something else we spoke about this week. Mm-hmm. And something that I'm pretty bloody excited about. So a new series starring Sarah Paulson is based on One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Are you a fan of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? I yeah, I am great film. More to the point, I'm a fan of American Horror Story, and I think yes. Sarah Paulson, along with um, Evan Peters, are the two best things in it. Um, not that Evan's in this, but I, mean, I love that whole cast. I mean, Sarah Paulson is definitely the standout for me. But how how do you feel about um, American Horror Story in general? I think that the last time we spoke about this, I don't know if you remember, was getting drinks in Wembley at a ghost concert. It was getting drinks. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. What a great bloody concert that was. Oh, mate, we're going to have to do an episode on Ghost. Oh, we're know, doing that. So se- semi-horror. Yeah, that's in the pipeline. That's in the pipeline. That has to be in the pipeline. What a great concert. What a great... You've just made me want to go and listen to some Ghost. So, I know. Yeah. I, know. Um, I haven't seen the last season yet. 1984? The, yes. I haven't seen that season. No, me neither. As of yet, I'm uh, caught up, however, before that. I think some seasons are hit or miss. Yeah, it's, um, it's got peaks and troughs, but overall, I think it's overall, fantastic. Overall, yeah, I really like it. The What was the season before 84? It was um, Apocalypse, uh, Apocalypse, right? yeah. I really like that season. See, I didn't like that one. See, that I, I, like the, I like the one you didn't like, which was Roanoke. Yes, yeah, no, I didn't. That did not work for me. But, but there you go, something for everyone. Oh, I, I totally agree. For me, that is, that's the way we should consume art, is we don't have to love everything that's put out by the artists we like I, I actually think that is quite a toxic way of looking mm-hmm. at the world that mm-hmm. we have at the minute you know one of my favorite musical artists of all time is prince yeah prince would put out stuff i absolutely adored prince would also put out stuff i absolutely hated mm-hmm. but that was the point the exactly. point was that he was making stuff for everyone so you know an album that i absolutely adored someone else would not like but the album they adored i didn't like but that's fine there's nothing wrong with that. You've still got the stuff you like, right? I, and what I do appreciate with Ray and Oak, I really appreciate the way they went for something completely different. So this Ratched, let's yeah. just call it Ratched, do we actually know that it's a horror? We, do, we don't know what it is. I would guess, based on some of the images that have been released, and it's Ryan Murphy. I mean, look, they've done stuff, Sarah Coles and Ryan Murphy have both done stuff together that's not horror. But I American Crime Story. Right. I feel like this is leaning towards horror mm. a little bit, mm. especially where it's set inside an asylum. You know, you've got a lot you can play around with there. In all honesty, though, I kind of don't want to know anything. Mm. I want to go in with what we've got, throw this on, and be like, okay, let's do it. We we don't actually have a release date yet, do we? No, there's no release date yet. We've only got a cast list and a synopsis i guess i'm I'm really looking forward to it and um apparently it's been commissioned for two seasons and it was done that was done in 2017 yeah, it's been a, i remember when they first announced this and i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure when i first 
read about this. I don't remember why Murphy being in touch. I'm kind of even more excited now because, you know, you've got a few actors yeah. from American Story coming back. Sharon Stone? Is she really? Sharon I didn't realise Stone, that. Which is incredible. Haven't seen Sharon Stone for a while. So wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be great excited about that? to give Jack Nicholson a little cameo? Oh, that'd be great. I think he's... That'd be brilliant. I think he's too busy watching the Lakers. But the, but the thing is, if it, if it was timed correctly, and it might not be, I could see Evan Peters playing Jack Nicholson's role from the film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see it. I, I'm really interested in what they're doing. I would love to see a few more American Horror Story cast. I'm a big Emma Roberts fan. Yeah. So I'd love to see Emma Roberts in this environment. I think her style of acting is great for that. And while we're on the subject, Billy Lloyd. Billy yeah. Lloyd's style of acting would be perfect for this. Absolutely perfect. I'd, I, I also want to wave the flag for Angela Bassett and oh, Kathy Bates. Oh, it doesn't matter what they're in. They're always fantastic. <laughs> they are. They they could act their way out of a black hole, you know. The They're, funny thing yeah. is, with American Horror Story, they seem to get good pairings that work together. Oh, it's probably one of the best cast shows. Yeah. And, you know, coming up to season 10, you know, they're adding uh, Macaulay Culkin. Oh, Macaulay Culkin. Right? That's incredible. I can't wait for that. You know, the thing is, like, if we go back to Terrifier 2, you know, I want to see it, and that's a kind of get in, get out. This is something that I want to delve into and get attached to and you know care about the characters yes and, this is uh, something yeah, i want to live with. i want to live with this for a couple of weeks yeah you know just keep keep going back yeah i'm i'm, I'm really looking forward to that i'm really excited about that and yeah let, let's see and obviously we're regardless if it's horror or not we're um we're definitely bring it back up and share our thoughts on it yeah definitely yeah, as, as it happens so i'm going to jump on to something else you sent me which jumped out at me because i had no idea this was a thing i had no idea a24 were doing this yeah um, yeah for anyone that knows a24 is like my favorite film production company they I have produced out. some of the best films of recent years yeah for me they're you know when i was saying earlier that the brand uh that terrifier pays into didn't connect with me as much mm. obviously there's a lot of people out there where a24's films do not you know they do not buy into that brand mm. i am fully in on that brand you yeah know, I, I love sharp and take my money on everything they fucking do and one of the absolute highs for me over the last few years is hereditary yeah so yeah just just touch on this the reason why i thought this would be good to talk about was i've never really considered buying a screenplay as, okay. a, as, as something to keep um, and the reason is a lot of screenplays perfectly legally uh, are available if yep. you want to download them read them you know bbc makes loads of its stuff freely available yeah kind of anything that gets award nominated yeah you know, being put out to the public so you can have your judgment on it but the reason why i thought this was cool is it's absolutely a collector's thing it the, the book itself looks absolutely beautiful you yeah, know the way they the way they've pr produced it all the little bits and pieces as well the notes of ariasta's a seance scene in there and he's got some play-by-play -play explanations of the scenes that he took in in that section and i think hereditary is probably as you say one of the highlights of a24 i think it's it to me it speaks volumes that this is for all the films that they've produced this is only the fourth one that they've released in this format well it's right so here's the thing i was completely unaware of this um format i think i had seen something 
a few months back about like there being the possibility of the you know just just a little something and i saw no more so so i kind of forgot about it if i'm completely honest so then you send me this and you're like take a look at this and you know you know what a fan of hereditary i am and then when i click on it right i love hereditary but then i also see and you just touched on it there are four titles in this book format and one of them is the witch don't, don't even get me started i love the witch i the witch the witch i like i don't say this often with with like new films they never go into my greatest films of all time list right because i i just have this belief that you know to become one of the greatest films of all time to become a real classic a real five-star film you have to transcend into being more than just a simple picture the witch just went straight in for me it's, it's like the it I broke all it. my rules it broke all my rules i i remember watching it in a cinema in Essex where I live and we started with a very small crowd of about eight people and we finished with me. Serious? Yeah, yeah, serious, yeah. Everyone people else didn't people didn't grab hold of it. No, everyone walked out. Oh, I mean man, we started it... we started with a small crowd. But yeah, the witch just it done everything for me, man. So to see that hereditary's on it, see the witch is on it and then uh, just to complete it, Moonlight, which is another great film, and Ex Machina, which again is is a superb film. I love it. Do you, do you reckon you'll be getting this book then? Yeah, I think so. They're I quite pricey, I'm, though, aren't they? That's the problem. And I'm, I haven't even checked if they ship to the UK. But I do have a couple of friends in the US, so this might be going to them. How, how did you feel about Hereditary compared to Midsummer? I really enjoyed them both. Um, I did prefer Hereditary. I thought Midsummer was okay. I enjoyed okay. it. Um, I didn't love it. Hereditary, I thought, was fantastic. Really, yeah, really loved it. I've gone back to Hereditary multiple times, and every time I get something else out of it. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we get to your famous creepy link of the week? I think yeah, I think it's this this time for the now famous creepy link of the week. Very different to last week. This is a short horror film uh, come out a couple of weeks ago called Devil's Door, and it's from a production company called social house films that do a lot of commercials and stuff uh, in LA but they have been producing short horror films monthly ish on their YouTube channel and there was, there was a couple of specific reasons why I wanted you to see this but I want to get your take on it first okay so so out of the gate I really enjoyed this I thought it was really well done I thought it was built up really nicely I'm really uh, on a side note I'm, I'm really glad that this early on we've started covering short films because it's definitely mm. a passion of mine that I wanted to mm. touch on so I'm really glad you know we, we've got one out of the way but yeah I think this was a really great one to start with I think it's really well done it reminded me a hell of a lot of the Pony Smasher shorts so if you're unaware they are uh, David F. Sandberg's mm. uh, short films the guy that uh, made Lights Out very famous short film Lights Out and become a yep. feature and you know, the guy is now killing it, you know, just made Shazam. Great filmmaker, actually, and, and from what I understand, a, a really, really nice guy, a really lovely guy. And, yeah, go, you know, just on a sidebar, go and check out his stuff, because he, if you're interested in filmmaking and the way stuff works, and even the way the Hollywood system works, he has continued to put out content on his YouTube channel that shares that. But, yeah, if you've seen any of their work, this really reminded me of that. I thought it was built up really really well i like the way it was going 
kind of one way at the start and then mm. twisted you have that comic relief moment and then you get serious but yeah it worked for me man it was had some really creepy moments i thought the effects there's you know i'm not going to spoil it for anyone but the whole film is set up basically around one uh, woman who is uh, doing her eyebrows in the mirror as the film picks up and then the whole film then plays out in front of this mirror and the way they frame some of them shots where one of the mirrors is like just picking up her hand or something like yeah, that where yeah, like, you're yeah. and that's in the background but you're kind of like okay i think that was her hand was it was you, you became you became lost in the mirrors didn't you as it, as you it did. kind you of become, ramps up you become really paranoid mm. in the mirrors there was like some real anxiety around okay is there something behind her is there is something gonna jump out now is something gonna take her is something gonna happen and for me that's where the film hit its heights i feel like when we get to the end and again you know i, I will reinforce this is just a personal preference of mine i appreciate that it wasn't full-on cheap jump scare at the end mm. Mm. but yeah i feel like when they go down that kind of path for me it's just something like i've seen a million times at this point yep yeah so i you know i don't really need to see it anymore but I do appreciate the way they handled it in this. I, I kind of felt there, there was a, there were several things that I thought were, were relatively unique that I thought were worth talking about, which I, I really enjoyed straight from the beginning. Um, the first one is that there's very little or no dialogue at all spoken. And that leads into the fact that it's, it's all done by the dialogue. It's all given by text between two yeah. people. Yeah. I like the way it came up on the screen. I like the way, um, from the first half anyway, they moved away from the female being the victim and you kind of it was very unusual it felt unique to have the guy being the potential victim um and her worried about him um yeah, so I, yeah. I enjoyed that um i really enjoyed uh the sound design of it i thought there were some great sound effects in it completely right i think it all works based on the sound design and as it went through i i felt really tense for it and, uh, and anxious of what was going to happen next but the thing is when we get to the end here's my here's my two questions to you did it scare you and if it didn't scare you did it fail as a horror oh interesting um no it didn't scare me right okay let, let me answer the first question first no it didn't scare me but purely because i knew where it was going like yep. i said that yeah we've seen that we've seen that scare so I kind of always know when when they them endings are coming, and sometimes they're done very well. I actually thought this one was done very very well. Mm. This is I fully enjoyed this. This didn't ruin the film for me. Where I've seen it in other films and it ruins the film for me because I'm like, oh God's sake, why did you go there? This I I enjoyed, and yeah. Then that brings me on to the second question: Did it does it fail as a horror film? No, I don't think it does because it depends what you want out of a horror film. For mm. me, mm. horror is about the overall experience it's about the the emotions and the story that you're trying to convey within whatever time frame you have and this was very successful at that it's yeah. six minutes something yeah and in that six minutes for me they conveyed all the emotion and all the dread and the paranoia that they set out to do i'll, I'll throw the question back to you then how did the ending work on you i think i appreciated that it wasn't an all-out jump scare um, because the reveal is is much slower than you know there's there's no time to to be shocked 
because you 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 almost you know without spoiling it you almost see it happening as you it's see happening it happen, yeah yeah and when you see it it wasn't what i was expecting to see so i okay. quite like that it was uh, you know i was expecting some i don't know what was you know some horrible demon that was going to yeah. try and overly scare me but it, it wasn't like that at all um there's a bit um halfway through where you know involving her eyes that i thought was actually more of a, a scare than the end that uh, shot the shot you're referring to yeah that was the thing that really really reminded me of the pony smasher mm. shorts because if you have you seen the lights out short yeah so yeah, if you yeah, think about, yeah you're right yeah do you know what i mean the like very the ending yeah yes yes exactly yeah, you're right there yeah that that really stood out to me from that i was like oh okay that looks exactly like mm. Uh, that which is which isn't a bad thing. I mean, look how bloody successful that that oh, short yeah. film is, and you know, look how successful this short film is. It's again, it, nowhere slight. The short films are more successful than anything I've ever done. So you know, what do I know? <laughs> yeah, no, no, seriously. Like, yeah. it, but that's the that's the great thing again, man. Coming back to just because it doesn't work for me or my brand of horror, that doesn't mean it's bad. It's not bad. It's a fucking no, great. Exactly. It's a great short film. I think it's very. Um... I think it's very difficult in a you know six minutes to actually terrify someone, and I think that wasn't necessarily the point of the film. I think um, the cynic in me, I think this is them more than anything showcasing what they can do, and I think in six minutes to create a character that I really care for and I'm worried about what's going to happen to her, that was achieved without any vocal dialogue at all, and I thought oh, that was very very good. Well, on that note, and again, something you touched on where all the dialogue is placed on the screen in the form of text messages. Mm. That is normally a huge pet peeve of mine. I normally hate that. I normally can't stand that. It did not bother me one bit in the film. I thought, because you come out the gate like it, and they don't use it as a gimmick, the editing of this film is fantastic. The editing and direction is incredible. Mm. And I think that's why it works for me. And I think overall, the overall presentation... And the again, you know, the fear, the dread, the paranoia that they create is yeah, great. Like you said, in six minutes, if this is a proof of concept or just a mm. look at what we can do, yeah, fucking give them some money. I'd love to see what they could do with a full length. I, I think film. they're uh, I think they're quite a small company as well because um, the the lady who actually plays the, the main actor in it, she's actually a writer and producer of the company as well. She's one of oh, two no founders. Way. Yeah, um, no, she's. She pretty fucking solid as an actress yeah, if, you, man. if you go onto the their website social house films i mean check out their youtube channel they've got some i i, I spam through a few of their horrors okay. um, and they're all enjoyable if you go onto their website it talks about the stuff they do um and i think they've, they've got a system where they've almost got like a patreon where people just like donate a quid a month or something to help them fund their work and uh, they've, they've done this brilliant highly polished video for their investors and it's fantastic oh, okay. it's it's not horrors it's a, it's a it's a comedy kind of thing to get people to to back them of course but it's it's fantastic absolutely fantastic well worth checking out yes yeah definitely and, and i think that's you know if there's one thing we want to do on this podcast it's you know to help promote some stuff like and to bring some extra eyes to yeah independent filmmakers and, and people out there reaching and trying to you know put some work together so yeah definitely i'd love to see what these guys do i'd love to see a little bit more without a doubt man without a doubt yeah great link i can't wait to see what you uh awesome. send over next week <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else you want to uh 
touch on? No, that's it from me. All right, sir. I think that's it from me as well. So thank you for joining us again. It's been real fun, Chris. I've really enjoyed it. It's been amazing. Yeah, it's a good one. All right, man. So we will catch you next week. Until then, stay safe, Horror Hounds. Cheers, guys. Bye.